history, apologetics, and current events. From the housetops, coming up next. The conclusion of the history of St. Benedict Center and the slaves of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Contested authority. Unfortunately, three years after the election of Brother Thomas Augustine as the new superior, some of the older members contested his authority and asked him to step down. Voting members of the community were consulted, as he was willing to relinquish his position for the sake of peace, but the voting members reaffirmed their choice. Brother Francis Maloof, an original member of St. Benedict Center, then initiated a civil suit to acquire superiorship. The court action, which lasted five humiliating years, ended in a negative verdict for Brother Francis, who subsequently left with four followers and established a community in New Hampshire. Broadening Horizons A new era began for us, supported by the graces of the traditional Latin Mass and deep spirituality of St. Louis de Montfort's true devotion to Mary. Our apostolate began to flourish. Families, seeking the reverence of the traditional liturgy, continued to find their way to Immaculate Heart of Mary Chapel in increasing numbers, where two daily Masses and three on Sunday are offered to accommodate them. Immaculate Heart of Mary School, grades 1 through 12, was enlarged and filled to capacity. The From the Housetops publication, produced in our own state-of-the-art print shop, is circulated to an ever-increasing number of subscribers throughout the country and abroad. Through the generosity of benefactors, the center has grown from a small parcel of land to more than 80 acres with numerous buildings. After years of renting facilities for our summer camp apostolate, we acquired over 200 acres of waterfront property in Washington, New Hampshire, where the brothers and friends built Montfort Retreat. With its 15 cabins, a large dining hall and pavilion, lodge and impressive chapel, Montfort is used for the summer youth programs as well as adult retreats and days of recollection. Steps toward recognition of the slaves of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in the Diocese of Worcester has also advanced. In 2002, then-Bishop Daniel Riley came to the center and after a ceremony in the chapel where the community recited and signed a copy of the creed, he gave his formal blessing for our regularization, meaning the slaves of the Immaculate Heart of Mary are in good standing. On October 27, 2017, the Most Reverend Robert J. McManus, Bishop Riley's successor, issued a decree giving us canonical juridical status, raising our community to a public association of the faithful. This had been in the community's prayer intentions for many years, and those prayers were answered during the centennial of the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima. To Jesus through Mary the divine command to teach all nations is all the more necessary in this 21st century of relentless dissent and apostasy. By total dependence on Our Lady's intercession, the brothers and sisters, with the priests who devotedly assist us, continue the work begun by Father Feeney. Ever responsive to the needs of the Church, our Constitution states, the slaves of the Immaculate Heart of Mary shall devote themselves to any facet of the apostolic life necessary for the preservation and propagation of the Catholic faith. We seek no other glory than contributing our share to strengthening the mystical body by a constant and uncompromising profession of all the truths the Catholic Church believes and professes. Our spirituality of consecration to Mary is and always will be the foundation of our spiritual lives and apostolates. It is wonderful to see the spirit of slavery to Mary spreading through the wide distribution of our manual for total consecration and the conferences we present. 
It is an honor to live out our lives in holy slavery, doing all and giving all, by, with, for, and in Jesus through Mary. We pray that many who are discerning a religious vocation may offer themselves to serve our Heavenly Queen for the salvation of souls and the triumph of her Immaculate Heart. What does it take to make a family? Well, children, of course, brothers, sisters. And on that note, have you ever thought that Christ might be calling you to be his brother or sister? Priests have many temporal duties demanding their attention. But to be a consecrated brother is to perform a sacred supporting role that's really been long established by the church, unfortunately too long neglected. We did not join together. I was three years ahead. We both went to college. For I went for one year and Brother Patrick finished his degree. And I decided that I should discern a religious vocation because I didn't think that working for money was really that satisfying. So I th And I was very intrigued by the religious life in high school and had spent some time with the brothers and decided I liked it. So I said, well, I'll try that first. And then I went to St. Benedict Center here and never left. I lived, was brought up right after the council in that atmosphere. I saw all the changes, but I never witnessed a guitar mass until I went to the seminary. And uh, they were quite disturbing, always distracting. And, and sometimes I would not go to Holy Communion because it was just so unsettling. Things were just changing a little too quickly, too, a little too fast. And I thought, well, I might have some things straight, but there's a lot I have to learn. And, and I don't want to put myself in that position where I could lose the faith. I thought, well, I might not become a priest, but at least I'll go to a place where the faith is being held. And so I joined three years later, after graduation from college, and it was sort of the same thing where there was this um, dissatisfaction, this empty feeling for working out in the world, and here working directly for God gives you a focus and a higher motivation for doing whatever you're doing, no matter how small the task may seem. So that was uh, one of my driving motives for coming here. And um, since then, God's grace has been in action for all these past years, and it's been definitely satisfying to see. Take a hard look at yourself, at your life and work so far. You may be a success, as the world measures success, but that world that you live in has been darkened by sin, while Christ's one true church has been broken by scandal. In the time that we live in right now, many of the faithful have grown hostile to the church and to our truths. They really need a family to restore them, that family environment. They need a father, a mother, our father, our blessed mother, and sisters and brothers. Consider what it means to be a consecrated brother devoted to the loving support of Christ's human family here on earth, and then his mystical body, which is our church. The life of total consecration to God uh, can take on various forms, and the, the life of consecration as a priest requires the seminary, the seminary training, in preparation for a sacrament. 
So you're receiving the sacrament of holy orders when you go on to the priesthood. A brother is actually called a lay brother. We're, we're, we're not laity in the sense of we're not religious, but we are laity in the sense that we don't take orders, the, the holy orders. And so that leads us with a little bit of more freedom in terms of uh, the kind of work that we do and, and so forth, and the kind of life that we lead in terms of our, our daily routine and, and the like. So in other words, we're not bound in this community, we're not bound to the divine office. So there's some major differences there. But the main difference is that one is on track for receiving the actual sacrament of holy orders, and that in itself is a unique calling, and then the other is not. Nevertheless, it is still a consecration to God. It's a vocation that is really needed, and especially in terms of teaching. And this is why our community is, is so essential in terms of uh, establishing again these, these traditional Catholic schools, and with the help of God, uh, we'll continue on that, that path. I like to think of the brothers as the support troops for the priests and that the priests they um, are the ones who are responsible for giving Christ to others in a way through the sacraments whereas the everyone gives Christ to others through their example but as a brother here and especially as a teacher you're able to encounter quite a few individuals over the years and that is a special a special grace, I think, where you're almost the father of a family year after year after year for different groups of different groups of kids. And um, in that sense, I enjoy that aspect of the vocation and encountering them. And the priesthood, the priesthood is a definitely uh, an elevated calling. Like you wouldn't just rush into the priesthood. You could try religious life and try out a few orders. Um, and see how you like each one. But for priesthood, you definitely have to be called by God because none of us are worthy of becoming a priest. It's definitely a calling. None of us are worthy to become brothers or sisters, but it, we are called by God. So that special grace and urge and upbringing has to be there in order to be, join the priesthood. And for brothers, it is not as lofty as the priesthood, but still enriching both for our us here at St. Benedict Center and for all religious brothers as well as for those around us. Being, as Brother mentioned, being able to touch so many lives has really been a transformative part of our life as well. Yeah, it's quite a blessing. Being a brother is a great, is a great privilege. It's a great calling. I mean, St. Bernard believes that uh, a Blessed Mother was meditating on Isaiah 7:14 when the angel appeared to her to announce her becoming the mother of God. And he believes that she was meditating on that, thinking, if I could only be the handmaid of that virgin, what a great privilege that would be. Little did she think she would be that virgin. And uh, here it is, we have the opportunity to be the slaves of that beautiful woman. We are serving her. And that's, that's a great privilege we should never take for granted. It's a great calling. You look at St. Joseph. He was a simple, humble man. He was really of noble, noble birth. He was of the line of David. But he wasn't, uh, God didn't choose him to be a king, but to be, you know, the guardian, the chaste spouse of the Blessed Mother and the guardian of our Lord. And that, that's the greatest privilege anyone, I think, could ever have. So uh, everyone has their special calling. And I think 
as far as vocations go, people, young people should uh, ask God what He wants them to do. We all have a special place in God's plan. And uh, being a slave of the Blessed Virgin Mary is a great, uh, great privilege. Stay with us. We'll be back with more From the Housetops after this break. This is Chris Hanley. You're listening to WQPH Catholic Radio 89.3 FM. Shirley Fitchburg. You've been listening to the Singing Grandpops. The Singing Grandpops are a group of singers from the Retired Men's Club of Arlington. We not only enjoy entertaining at nursing homes and uh, other facilities, but also we sing at church services such as funerals. Beautiful, Connie, and you're one of them. I am, have been for years. Yes, we love it. Thank you, Connie. On the WQPH 89.3 FM community calendar, WQPH is very pleased to announce our first annual Shrove Tuesday brunch, which is going to take place on the Feast of the Holy Face, which is Shrove Tuesday, Tuesday, February 13th, the day before Ash Wednesday, from 10.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. It's going to be at Slattery's Restaurant, 106 Lunenburg Street in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. You're going to have a chance to meet your fellow WQPH listeners, meet some of the WQPH hosts who are around locally, and together we'll have some fellowship to prepare ourselves for our Lenten journey, which will begin the following day. Also, the tickets are going to be numbered because there's going to be a drawing for a Catholic care package to help the person who wins the drawing with various little things to help them along for their Lenten journey. Now, the tickets are $45 a piece, but only $40 if you buy them before February 1st. You can save $5 there. You can get your tickets at wqbhradio.org. Just click on the Donate button and put down Shrove Tuesday tickets. There may be a Shrove Tuesday ticket there. You just click on that. And again, just say tickets for Shrove Tuesday. Uh, They will be available after some masses in the local area. Or you can call 617-457-457. 8735. That's 617-457-8735. Call or text and you can get your tickets reserved for the Shrove Tuesday brunch. Again, that's the first annual WQPH 89.3 FM Shrove Tuesday brunch. Tuesday, February 13th, the Feast of the Holy Face, 10.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Slattery's Restaurant, 106 Lunenburg Street, Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Again, tickets $45, but $40 if you get them before February 1st. Hope to see you there. This has been the WQPH 89.3 FM Community Calendar. 
on the WQPH community calendar. The best way to combat the evils of abortion is through prayer. The Mass is the most perfect form of prayer. Help Our Lady with her heavenly mission for the life of the unborn, life of the family, and life of our church. And at the same time, help a soul, our souls in purgatory, with the greatest possible relief, a holy mass. For more information, contact Prayers for Life National Apostolate, Post Office Box 589, Medford, Mass. 02155, or call 781-391-1396. That's 781-391-1396. On the WQPH community calendar. There's adoration at St. Bernard's Parish Mondays and Tuesdays. Mondays from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. Tuesdays from 8.30 to 4 p.m. And at St. Cecilia's Parish. There is adoration Fridays from 9 after the 9 o'clock mass to noon and Wednesdays after the 9 o'clock mass to noon. However, they're having problems finding people for the Wednesday adoration. So if you are available and would like to do adoration on a Wednesday, check with the office at St. Cecilia's Parish and sign yourself up because if they're not able to get sufficient people for Wednesday, they're going to have to drop that Wednesday adoration. So check in, see if you have the free time. And it's a great thing to do as we're getting ready for our Lenten journey because after all, Lent is a time time of reflection. Lent will be a time to look at ourselves. If we're going to get ourselves ready for Lent, and it's an early Lent and an early Easter this year, great way to get yourself prepared, adoration. So check out down at St. Cecilia's if you're free for that adoration on Wednesdays, and you can be a great help there. Hi, I'm Bob Young. I live in Lemonster. I want to thank WQPH for being here, 89.3 FM. The slaves here in Still River operate a school, chapel, and gymnasium and even a bookstore and a summer camp up in the woods of New Hampshire. They have devoted their lives to the education and formation, mind, body, and soul, all encompassed, of the Catholic children in their charge, and also the support of the parents as well. This is a crisis in Catholic education because now that we've lost a lot of the teaching nuns and religious, uh, they're run by lay people, and lay people have to be paid. They're kind of, you know, they're kind of be raising families. That's another problem because then all of a sudden um, tuitions are high. We're really only able to educate the the more wealthy, um, so it's very difficult. And that's one of the another beautiful things about Immaculate Heart of Mary School is that the tuition is low. It's taught by religious. So we can really reach out to those families that have been somewhat um, abandoned by the church. Um, families that are trying to be truly Catholic uh, by being um, true to their moral principles of, of marriage and having larger families and, uh, and making that wonderful sacrifice. And so we feel it's a wonderful opportunity for us not to abandon them in their, in their Catholic pursuits. Daily life also calls for a total consecration to our Blessed Mother. 
in community with the brothers and sisters. Then as far as our spirituality, total consecration to Mary is not just another devotion to Mary. It's a total consecration. It's a total giving of oneself to the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, and to, to Jesus through Mary. And so this every, everything that we do uh, is centered around this total giving of ourselves to Mary, not just the exterior practices, and as good as they are, but also the, the interior practices, doing everything, as St. Louis de Montfort says, by, with, in, and for the Blessed Virgin Mary, for the glory of her Son, Jesus Christ. When I came and I stayed with the brothers, and, you, and you're living basically a monastic life, then everything became very regimented, and that was good for me. And I think it's good for most men and most people to have that regimen. But as far as like spirituality and, and getting down to, you know, morning and evening prayers and meditation, what good books to read, you really have to make sure someone's on you uh, to get that type of formation in a family. Uh, one of the parents is just taking a real interest in that and not just the material aspects, you know. And so by poverty, we leave the things of the world. We exchange the world for God. By chastity, we exchange the love through the flesh to divine love. And by obedience, we give up our own will, which tends to lead to evil sometimes or to just selfishness. We leave that behind for obedience to God. When seen in a positive light, they're just rungs on the ladder that lead to something much, much better. There's, oh, there's always going to be something you miss from where you've been, usually, for most people. But any challenging step you take, or any worthwhile step you take, demands sacrifice. People who join the military leave a lot behind. People who get married leave something behind. People who go to different countries for various reasons, even if it's just a study abroad, have left things behind. So yes, there's always that memory of what you left behind. But the rewards and what our Lord has asked of us should motivate us to take those challenges happily. Poverty, chastity, and obedience, those are all tools we use to not only sanctify ourselves, but sanctify the people around us. So the rewards, the benefits from those three vows are extremely, extremely sanctifying for us and for those around us. Poverty, chastity, and obedience go back to the Master, Jesus Christ. Okay, he's the poor man, he's the poor carpenter, he's chaste, he's single, and uh, he is the, the teacher of, of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Obedient to his heavenly father, obedient to his own parents, um, Joseph and Mary. And so, yes, it has a, a, an austerity that scares or maybe frightens people who don't know the, um, the real purpose for it. But again, when we're talking about consecration to God, what could be better than to be detached from the things of this world? What could be more advantageous than, uh, than denying oneself you know, the goods of this world in poverty, uh, in imitation of Christ? What could be more beneficial spiritually than living a chaste life and then a life of obedience under the, the rule of a superior? It's, it reflects uh, Christ himself in his life on earth. If you're discerning a religious vocation, you should look for generosity and in, all, in any aspect of life or all aspects of life. But also uh, detachment, that's, that's a big thing. You're stepping away from a lot of things. And in modern day society, there are a lot of things to step away from. So are they able to detach themselves? Then that's material you can work with. And someone who considers a religious life should be very willing to work hard to attain the goal 
of perfection. Someone should be very willing to do all that it takes, which is difficult sometimes as we all learn, to, to pray, to meditate, and to really make themselves a better person. But that will, that desire to become a saint is really what should drive that person. A person who would like to become a slave of the Immaculate Heart of Mary and adopt this life has to be a person, first of all, of prayer, a person who is willing to make sacrifices, willing to take up the cross and follow our Lord in the preaching of the gospel because we're not just a monastic community, we are a very active community. And our role here is to not only sanctify ourselves, but to glorify God and save souls. So I suppose you could say one who has deep faith, deep zeal, and is willing to make the sacrifices necessary for self-denial and the life of a total consecration to Jesus through Mary. They have to be eager to learn, eager to work, eager to participate and have a good disposition, get along with people, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I never had any doubts. It's all God's grace, and uh, I never had any doubts about where God wanted me to be once I came. So it's been very, very peaceful life, really. I have a lot of help from the community. Perhaps when I was younger, I, I did think you look at the future and you say it might be hard to persevere, but I never, never thought I couldn't. I think the grace is there. The Brothers of St. Benedict Center strive to be a bridge between monastery and parish. Priesthood and laity, suburb and countryside try to encapsulate everybody. Their work is hard, but fulfills them in Christ. It may well be the most important work, actually, being performed in the face of the modern crisis in the faith right now. Ask yourself if God is calling you to join them in their labor. Men and women devote themselves to God to consecrate their whole life in a special way to God, who is infinitely worthy of total love and service. To protect themselves from the corrupting influences of the world, which easily lead to sin and to damnation. To atone for past sins and to make salvation the chief object of life to make reparation for the supreme dishonor offered by so many who, despising God, love and serve themselves, and worse, Satan, to make reparation for the sins of the world, especially for those who neglect or refuse the grace of the call to religious life. Men and women devote themselves to God to join the ranks of the church militant who fight on the front lines for God and for his church to live the evangelical counsels in imitation of Christ's poverty, chastity, and obedience in the peace and order of a structured life, to live in close proximity to the Blessed Sacrament, and to receive the great blessings of daily Mass and frequent reception of the sacraments. And why become a slave of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in particular? All of the above, plus the satisfaction of knowing that by your total consecration to Mary, you join her in the age-old conflict against the serpent that will end with the triumph of her immaculate heart and the crushing of his head. The Manual for Total Consecration to Mary This book contains the readings and prayers for St. Louis de Montfort's 33 days of preparation for consecrating oneself to Jesus through Mary. This manual includes complete texts from Holy Scripture, the Imitation of Christ, 
Montfort's writings and prayers used for total consecration, all in this one handy volume. The slaves of the Immaculate Heart of Mary of St. Benedict's Center are pleased to make this manual available for those committing themselves to Mary for the first time or for those who wish to renew their consecration previously made. Available exclusively from St. Benedict Center. Go to stbenedict.com gift shop and order your copy of the Manual for the Total Consecration to Mary. Well, this brings us to the end of our program, From the Housetops, that which you hear in the ear, preach from the housetops. Until next time, God bless you. From the Housetops is produced by the slaves of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Still River, Massachusetts.